hey, I know you came here expecting channels content from the beginning, but this podcast, well, it's a lot like the rest of our podcast, and it takes us just a few minutes to get there, right, Mike? I mean, there's maybe a few things like the weather up front. It does. Yeah, there's weather, there's relations to other services we use, but primarily we're going to talk about channels. Yeah, so we jot a little bit. If if that's important to you, maybe you need to skip ahead a little bit. And I can't tell you, because we're recording this in the post show, I can't tell you how long, but it's going to be seven to 10 minutes. There's some con- It's Listen, if you're here for community, it's tons of fun. We'd love to have you stay. But if you need to skip ahead, I don't know, 30, 30, 30, Mike, what do you, is that what you do? You click 30, 30, 30 to get I there? I do. Click that about uh, 20 times and you'll be there. Yeah. Right? And if, if, if you miss a little bit, you enjoy a little bit of community, which is also fun. It, which is tons of fun. And we'd love to have you as a part of it. So if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. But we'll see you in the show. Thanks for listening. Now, now catch Home Gadget Geeks. This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number 510, recorded on October 28th, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim, uh, Jim Collison, broadcasting live. I don't even know my own name. Broadcasting <laughs> live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. Maybe it said beer in the, in the, in the pre-show. And uh, uh, Mike, we were just talking just briefly about this in the pre-show. Weather's great. Fall is here. It's, it's awesome, is it not? Leaves are coming down. We got a lot of rain. What do you think? It's been perfect. Enough rain to keep that grass nice and green right before that last mow of the year, right? And then Halloween is still uh, good weather for the kids. It hasn't gotten below freezing yet. So my kids have already done like three Halloween events leading up to actual Halloween with the trunk or treats and all that going on. It's Sunday too this year, right? Halloween's on a Sunday. It couldn't. It's like the trifecta of Halloween. You're just, it's going to be perfect. You just feel for those Monday morning teachers. Like I want to bring them a gift on Monday for having to deal with all the candy hungover (laughs) three to five-year-olds that are in my kids, my both my boys are three and five, and they're in the same classroom. And I just want to bring that teacher a big gift for him to deal with all those kids, (laughs) deal with the candy hangover on Monday. You're you're hearing him snickering back there. John Maddox is with us from Channels. He's back uh, on, and I'm excited because I got a lot of updates for you, John, but welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. And I just want to go on record as being completely for last Saturday in October is Halloween. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no exact date. There was not an important oh. event that happened that we had to <laughs> keep it a date. Last Saturday. That's a great point. October. Let it be uh, fun for everybody. The parents love Halloween too. Seriously. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm down for that. How and do we you know yeah. like the bars around college campuses would be fully supportive of that oh, as well? Yeah. Like, or <laughs> they like the extra days of people coming to the bar. True. <laughs> That's right. Because the kids are going to come anyway in college. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe we got to go Saturday. Well, now Halloween's on Monday. So I All guess right. we got to go on it's, Halloween. It's a lot like St. Patrick's Day, right? Uh, oh, yeah. If two you want that in the middle of the week, because you're going to have two Saturdays, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> at, at Creighton, where I went, we had fake Patty's Day every time, oh. and then we had real St. Patty's Day. And fake yeah. Patty's Day was always on the fun day, right? Uh, I'm yeah. also for the Super Bowl being on sun- Saturday night as well. If that they can do be, it for wild card games, yeah. they can do it for it, – it's silly. Yep. Because you're totally right. People my age, they've got younger kids, and they come to your house, and then they have to go at halftime to put kids to bed. Yeah. If it was Saturday, everybody would just stay up, and it would be fine. And it really splits everything up. It stinks. John, do you see do trends does with with channels in the in the downloads and the activity and, and customers you know uh, buying the service? 
is that seasonal in in any way? As we're as we're talking yeah. about these holidays and stuff, do you do you see big spikes around these kind of events? What what do you see in the in that space? Yeah, I mean, it, it, just like you would think, like you know, as 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 much as TV has never been less traditional as it was twenty years ago when we knew that Emmys kicked off the season of fall and everything went to reruns in the summer. That doesn't really happen anymore, but it still does kind of happen. Network TV still is very heavy from fall to spring. And so all for the past few years that we've been, uh, you know, offering DVR service and can watch people subscribe. um, It gets lighter in the summer. Last year it wasn't, it got, it wasn't as light because we kind of shipped a 4.0 in July and it kind of got active. Um, but this year we saw it for sure. And it could have been that we were less active too with software, man, you got to ship features these days. Like that's just how it is. You can't stop it's or, or people, you know, the, the more you ship features, the more people notice, the more people talk about it. Um, so it's really tough to gauge what it is, but, um, I think the seasonality of TV really, does affect it. And we're, we're heavy OTA, right? So it is network TV. That's kind of driving a lot of our stuff. Um, there's cable stuff in there that you can get, but, um, I, I, I think it, it, it affects it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's, as much as we've talked about, there's this big change just on demand with Netflix and, and Apple TV and Disney plus and all, everything else is going on. There does still feel like even in that space, there's some seasonality based on what people are doing. You know, summer, at least here on the northern hemisphere with vacations and some of those kinds of things going, there's just kind of seems like a natural pullback. And Mike, do you feel like as a family, you kind of go through school starts that maybe slows things down or speeds things up, depending upon what you're watching or you have time to watch? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. For for us, it's it's these these swings, especially now that my wife's teaching. It's it's definitely the swings of when she has time, and then all of a sudden midterms and grading, and it's just there. There's these definitely seasonalities of when we watch stuff and we have time. We always have we fall behind. We get a bunch of recommendations, and then we catch up on everything that we haven't seen, and we go in these these waves of kind of that cycle. And then sometimes you get burnt out on TV too, right? Because especially as seasons start to end of certain things, you go on kind of a movie spree and you maybe watch more movies than TV and then and then back to TV as the, the seasons start to pick back up. Well, theaters are kind of back in some regards. You can go and watch a movie in a theater. You can't. I know you're shaking your head there, John. Well, I'm shaking my head mostly because I keep thinking about the people that are responsible for marketing these movies. And I must think, I think it must be, harder than it's ever been Mm -hmm. because you see trailers for movies and you're like, "Uh, is it in the theater? Is it on HBO max? Like, I don't understand what the movie is, right? Like for example, bond was just in the theater, right? But Dune was in both, but they were pushing it in the theater. So I feel like it must be really hard to communicate to the customer right now. These movies you're saying are out and where they are and how to watch them. It's, but my, my family just went and saw Dune last night, you know, it's $5. What, was it last night or Tuesday night? I think maybe Tuesday, two, two, $5 Tuesdays or whatever. And, um, they, they're glad to be back in the theater. They like yeah. it. I haven't been back to one, but, okay. but I think yeah. we're going to go for Ghostbusters. Ooh, nice. The, the, the new, yeah, the new yeah. remake. I think that'll be our first, good. first time back. It looks good. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's not a remake of the characters. The old ones are still still kind of in it sort of it's the original universe yeah but it's directed by um uh ivan reitman's son jason mm-hmm. reitman which mm-hmm. is kind of exciting and he's a good yeah. director it's not just yeah. his son so it's kind of exciting 
I've been surprised the theaters haven't adjusted, at least the ones out by me, they haven't adjusted prices. So the only movie we've gone to in theaters in the past year and a half has been Paw Patrol for my kids. Actually, I'm a big Paw Patrol fan. I'll just say it. It was for me, too. <laughs> That's one of those shows you're going to look back on and be like, I like Paw Patrol. I it probably, was like I like part Paw of our whole family. Yeah, well, I was really engrossed in the movie. Like, I was like, God, yeah. what's Ryder doing? Come on, why isn't Chase helping him? And uh, and so, so yeah, I was, I was shedding a tear, too. But we went to it, and I was just shocked. I mean, the expense of a family of four going to see a movie was, I mean, it's it was astronomical. Oh, I know. I know. And we even went to a matinee, and even through all of that, I was like, wow, I'm shocked. Because I'm like, I, if it's Hannah and I, my wife and I, I'm, we're not going to choose a date night out to a movie. Now, my wife's a huge, big fan of the theater, so maybe she'll convince me to go. But if you don't have a hyper fan of that, like the cost is just really, really It's interesting, too, because it used to be very clear and known that going to a movie was the cheapest form of entertainment that was out there in terms of the length and the cost, Yeah, right? If you were to put up against like bowling or something like that, like if you were to take the length, and compare it, it used to be the cheapest form of entertainment and they really won that way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, they came out with 3D movies, made them $16 a pop and never went back. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Or the the recliners and having beer service to the chair, like all of that stuff. I don't need seating. Like in high school, that like you're totally right. In high school, that was my go-to date, right? Because that was the cheapest option. You go to a movie, uh, maybe to dinner, depending on how much you like her, and uh, you know, and that was that was that was the date, right? And and now you're right; it's just so expensive. And I'm like, wow. I mean, we it's, could have literally done a lot for the money we I, spent I, for family I think for. It, it might still be kind of on the cheap end if you compare anything. Really, I go to yeah. like things like I don't know. I, I can't even think of it, but I just know I've been places and I've seen a family of six, and I'm like, that looks really expensive. I know how much yeah. it cost us to get here. I just you know, compare like, it to going to like Sky Zone, which is like a big trampoline park that my kids love to go to. And the whole family can go for like two and a half, three hours for like half yeah. the cost of what it was to go to the movies. I mean, I'm just, and the only reason I say that is because with the streaming options, like you mentioned, a lot of these are like HBO Max or theater, right? Well, if I have the option, now my yeah. kids did like, and they sit better in a theater as compared to home where they're in that environment where they just kind of get distracted I and want to do that. stuff. I, yeah, yeah. I pay here. attention more right. because mm-hmm. I I don't have my phone right, and it's yeah. hard not to just bust the phone out at any little lull. And then you know you you're on it the whole time, and then people are like, did you like that movie? And you're like, eh. And it's like not even a fair review because you didn't pay attention to it. Right, hundred percent. So in a movie, you it is. It's nice to be just boom. Right. Focus well, on it. Well, John, I, I appreciate your view on movies, but we brought you on to talk about channels. <laughs> it's my fault. I started the movie conversation. John, give us a give us a quick update. Uh, it's been not quite a. It's been eight or nine months since since uh, since we had you on last. Um, I think yeah. it was early. It was early, early in the spring uh, of this year. Catch us up a little bit. You, you you talked a little bit. of You took some time off over the summer, but catch us up with channels a little bit. Where have you guys come since that time? So I guess last time I was on, I think we had might have shipped uh, the custom channel stuff. I can check our news and see, go back there. Yeah, that custom channels was early in the, the year, I guess. I think we had which, John in uh, February. I think that's the last time you were on. Which allowed you to um, do your own streaming, cha- take streaming sources and add them as regular channels that are in there. Um, and um, through the summer, we worked on getting Android up to date with mm. the Apple TV app. So it was a little bit behind. And uh, for anybody out there that wonders why sometimes it's behind, I'll give a pretty good explanation. 
The explanation is, is number one, we all use Apple TVs. That's number one. Number two, the development and design of channels is done on the Apple TV and iOS app. And the reason is, is if we were to build the feature one for one on all the, on both platforms at the same time, we would spend so much time in iterations because we iterate a lot. And for the people out there like that are fans and that use our betas and stuff like that, they know that we ship like two, three, four, five, six, seven times a day. And we get feedback and we make changes within the hour and we really let it sit with our, our fans before we ship it out. Mm. Once we get something done, then we port it to Android. Once we do that, it's really, it doesn't take a lot of time because it's, all the design decisions that take so long when you build software. And so we like to try to pour it over. That being said, we still didn't do it that fast. And so this summer we caught up on a lot of stuff and we've got a little bit better of a flow now to um, make sure that the Android app isn't lulling behind. So before the Android app didn't have um, the enhanced library views, before it just had literally just a list of movies and, and like a tab bar where you could filter the sort. Well, now you can put on turn on the enhanced library views browsing, which allows you to uh, see a large movie library in a, a, a way that would you that's familiar from like a streaming service where it would show new releases recently added. You could browse by um, genre, then you can filter down by decade and stuff like that. And TV shows have the same kind of thing. So it's a little bit more um, it's it's a little bit more of a richer browsing experience. It's off by default for good reasons where, because a lot of our customers are DVR first customers. They don't have a lot of movies. They don't have a lot of shows. They record, they delete, they record, they delete. And these views just don't make a lot of sense if you don't have a big library, um, which makes it a little tricky for designing the app um, versus Plex where like every Plex user is expected to come with like 700 movies, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. like that with channels. <laughs> so we need to have views that, service a couple of movies and 700 movies. Right. So we added that, we added the kids section. Uh, we, we, we just caught up on a lot of stuff, a lot of like little quality of life stuff. So we did that during the summer. I kind of noticed in the newest release, uh, which we'll talk a bunch about here is the ability to kind of play anything from anywhere. And I mean, that's the, it's not the, it's not your official marketing to it, but it seemed like it was like, Hey, we now have the the ability to, and I think some of that was there before, but certainly with it, it was like bring us everything. It, yeah. Am I am I representing that right? Well, it's it sort of wasn't a plan, like you said. Um, I mean, we started out as just an HD home run mm -hmm. app, right? And then we added the TV everywhere stuff, and then the Play On guys talked to us and they said, "Hey, you know, it'd be great if we could, you know, figure something out." They gave us their API. Um, it was done. It was really nice and easy to work with. Within a week, we had automatic downloads from the Play on Cloud. Um, and then we added, um, and, you know, we wait a really long time to do certain features. And it's paid off for us really well. For example, doing the streaming stuff was something that we weren't able to do early on. And if we, so we just didn't bother with it, right? Like we didn't want to have like the live streaming stuff inside the app. It is also didn't make any sense. By the time we were two years into TV everywhere, which is basically consuming live streams, we had a foundation that worked really, really well that when we did the custom channels, 
it was like a it was like dropping it in, right? So it was really nice and easy for us. And so we we really don't rush to do features. And I'm sure a lot of our longtime fans can probably vouch for that. Um, but we try to just hold off and stuff so that when we're ready to do it, it's it, it's actually ends up being it fits in a little bit better rather than shoehorning it in, which if you've ever written software is about the worst thing, you know, that's mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do. You, you had mentioned that your subscriber base is mostly view and delete. Uh, and I just, I want to show, so I just moved a couple of weeks ago. We moved uh, from the, I had the um, channel server running on an NVIDIA shield with a one terabyte SSD. Great experience, but I really kind of don't want to get that one terabyte drive back. And I had this one ter- terabyte NVMe drive that I'd bought on Windows and I kind of want to take advantage of it. So I moved the, platform over asked her i said hey you know have you watched everything do i need to move anything she's like no we're good so took it down blew that away reset the nvidia shield installed it on windows had it up and running in about 25 minutes i mean it was super easy to do and then start scheduling but just as a just as a testament we she has (laughs) one show i have six shows scheduled for her and there's yeah like there's just one that and she's going to watch this and delete it so this is a good this is kind of the way we use it right as Use mm-hmm. it and delete it, you know. And and like I said, like, and there's no design you can make that lists TV shows that <laughs> one show's going to look okay. In. <laughs> so it's really it's really tough to yeah. um to to design for the, the 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 range of customers that use channels. But yeah, no, we try I mean, to do okay. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, even when there's been several shows out there, it's easy to get to. She is. She's able to get in there. You know, we we moved away because just I was having so many problems with Plex and keeping things going and doing it the way I wanted it done. And she's just really navigated now to channels. And I uh, there is zero like I get zero questions. It's just been it has just been fantastic. Like I said, the migration from one box to another, uh, pretty seamless. So thanks for thanks, oh, that's thanks great. for making that easy. Yeah, for that's us. great. Uh, John, what else? Uh, what else you guys been focusing on? So over the summer, we started, uh, you know, working on a couple of things here and there. Um, um, one of the things that shipped this week officially, and our longtime running fans will know that um, it's actually been shipped in channels for two years is local content. So you can add your own, um, your old DVR recordings from your old DVRs and bring them on. Um, and we, again... We didn't push that out until we it was really good, and, and we've been living on it for a long time. And there's been a lot of like, this isn't good enough stuff in there that we never got to, um, but we're finally happy with it, and we have I've announced it and put it on the website and said, hey, this is a thing you can do, um, and made that official. Um, that and um, we added um, library collections, which has, allows you to group movies or TV shows into a collection like dad's shows or, um, you know, the James Bond collection or Marvel cinematic universe. And so that's a fun way to curate your library a little bit. And it's, it's great for kids too, because if you have a lot of kids shows and they're trying to find something, you can make a Lego movies collection and, um, a Muppet collection or a Scooby-Doo collection. And they tend to find those things on their own a little faster. It's nothing new. A lot of media center software has this, but um, we hadn't done it yet. So 
um, we finally did it. And one of the things that's fun about it is, is we kind of used it with our virtual channels feature, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, you can create a, a, a collection and build live TV channels from that collection. So you can sort of, you know, build it like Legos. Um, but you can use smart rules to build library collections uh, and virtual channels. So mm. if you, you can easily just pick, you know, the three Batman movies and make a collection. Or you can um, um, label your content. Labels is something that we kind of never announced, but it's something that you can do. It's basically a tagging system. We didn't call it tags because the system already had tags in it. So mm -hmm. it's called labels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can basically just add tags and labels to your own content. So if you go in and, and tag all your Marvel content, well, then you can just go in and do and create a new collection that has all your movies that are tagged or with the label um marvel and boom then you sort it by release date now you've got your collection if you a new movie comes out and you add it to your collection uh label it with marvel and your collection will get updated so the smart rule system is pretty cool too that we built do you do you find you know you're you're because you have such an active kind of community and by the way one of the things i love if you go over to channels create an account view the support forums I get a weekly email update. I think it's weekly or, or maybe it's monthly. I think it's weekly of here's what's changed since you were here last, uh -huh. which is like, is super helpful. That's because I'm always going into forums and say, you know, and then I'm going, okay, like when was the last time I was here? I want to, if I want to keep up with the conversation, I got to go back. And I just found that was like a really helpful scan the email to see if there's any new things in there that I kind of need to pay attention to. We're on the lower end of, of uh, you know, not we don't create any of those libraries or, or any of those pieces. If you were to think about your user base, though, I'm sure you have a really active group that's doing that. But are they still pretty, the, pretty much the minority in that? And then everybody else is still kind of watch some TV, record a few things. What do you think? It's tough to tell because our community is um, it's not huge. It's active. And I think what makes the weekly update email useful to you is that if our community forum was huge and super active, you would have deleted it a long time ago. But it's probably <laughs> yeah. just enough yeah. that you can actually keep up with it. So it's very nice. Um, we don't keep any analytics on how people are using it. We don't track anything like that. So it's tough to say. All we can go off of feedback. Um but the more enthusiastic people are the ones in the forums. Yeah. So it's, it's, it can be tricky to get tricked into thinking that this is what everybody wants, where it's sort of the super enthusiastic people. Um, so it's tough to say. Um, we don't hear any complaints about anything, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we really try to design the app and add new features in a way that isn't going to disrupt anybody. Like anything that we do, it's try it's, it's, it's added, right. A lot of things are turned off by default. Anything that's drastic, like a, we do, a, we have a lot of options and you can really customize the app. And that comes from a lot of feedback from our enthusiastic customers. Right. And they'll say, I really want this. I really want this. And we've got kind of a setting system that it's really not that hard to make things a setting. I, I came when, when I was at GitHub, we really railed against settings, right? We wanted it to be more opinionated and we wanted it, we didn't want lots of checkboxes. We just, we just, it, not only did we not want it, we didn't do it. 
But at Channels, we're sort of leaning in on it because Channels is more of a hobbyish kind of thing. And everybody's got different wants and needs. And it's not too hard and it's not too hard to maintain with just having a setting. So somebody, I'll give you an example. On the virtual channels, somebody early in on when we were uh, working on it said, I really want to put the channel logo in the corner. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. It's like, fine. It's just a channel, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Two days after shipping, somebody else asked for it. And I was like, all right, I could do that. <laughs> because like the feature was done. I wasn't yeah. really worried about yeah. anything else. And also it's fun, right? Like that guy wants to have fun. He wants to like, he, he, he made a logo for his channel and he wants to have it as a bug in the right hand corner. So it took me 15 minutes to do and it's defaulted as off. So if somebody wants to turn it on, they can, it's not going to be disruptive. So I'm not, it's hard to tell how many people are using a lot of this stuff. Our goal is to just make as much stuff as possible. Somebody wrote a post on our site the other night that listed all the things they use. And they, he said he used everything. And he said, thanks so much. And I was like, man, that's so great to hear that because generally we consider a lot of the features that we make. Some people are like, I've needed this. This is so great. And some people are like, this is not worthwhile. Like I don't, why would I do this ever? And it's sort of fine. It can be both ways, right? It's, it's as long as they're not conflicting with each other, like stream links allow you to just add a text file to your library that link out to Disney plus. And now you have a movie poster in your library and it feels cohesive and it's all one thing. A lot of people will say that is so dumb. Why would I click that? So it takes me out of the app and then I'm stuck in another app where other people are like, Oh my God, my kids only have to go to channels now. And even though they're dumped to another app, they, they can at least start at channels and they have all their movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as lo- we, we just try to make sure that you can mix and match and use it the way you want without it being a nightmare. Yeah, that makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It It is, I think, well, and the trick is to make it simple enough for those folks like me. I really want to come in, set a few recordings, you know, make sure those are working. You know, it's football season right here in the United States. And, and I, this is, it, this always brings me back to the DVR. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now because it's co- Sunday and you're like, yeah. let's record the game because right. I might not be there at one, but yeah. I'll be there yeah. at two. Or, or just to be able to watch it, just to be honest. I mean, I, an easy interface to go in and flip. Maybe if I want to watch them live, I'll, I'll be honest. I've gotten kind of addicted to the 20 minute um, summary ones they put on YouTube. Now the NFL, I, I haven't used that, but I heard <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It listen, it is if, cause you can watch one or two live. Like that's most of your Sunday. If you watch three, you've really been at the TV too long, right? That's like like nine hours of watching football. But with 20 minute summaries, I, oh, Mike, you're muted. Hold on. Yep. Unmute for me. Well, it's too late. The joke, the joke failed. I was gonna say nine hours of commercial free football starts now. And if you're a red zone fan, you know exactly what that is. Oh, that's true. Nine straight hours of commercial free football every Sunday. That's yeah. that's the line, and that's how Red Zone makes all their money. Well, I just I just <laughs> go through on YouTube uh, for the ones I missed, and I find one, and then it'll feed me the rest of them just in order. And so you get twenty minutes, twenty minutes, twenty minutes, and even some of those, it's fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, just to kind of see. Right. Or if well, you don't care, you just go to the end. Commercial free the... football starts now, right? You <laughs> yeah. A few of those. YouTube set, TV, so. not to like get anybody to quit using channels and go back to YouTube TV. Just, and I don't even use YouTube TV, just regular YouTube for this. Yeah, YouTube TV, when you turn a baseball game on, it has a second timeline of major plays. 
And you can sort of watch that, I think, and it catches you up to live by the by the like major plays, which is which is which is nice to see somebody doing something. You know, that, that, yeah. that's 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 sort of an innovation because most of these streaming services are just right. cable TV in a streaming box. Yeah, well, it, yeah, or you're just recording it live and going, you know, you're 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 having to do it yourself. I love kind of that analytics kind of on the fly. The yeah. twenty minute summaries. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. Thinking of those, your your commercial, you know, the kind of the commercial detection capabilities. I haven't really messed with that. So from a a new user standpoint, one should I um, should I be using that? What kind of settings should I be? Because it was always in Plex. It was always a mystery if it was actually going to work or not. So mm-hmm. the, can talk a little bit about as a as a I I, I don't know. It's probably not. I guess I have it enabled, but what does that actually mean? In yeah, I mean, channels? everybody has it enabled by default. And as okay. soon as a recording ends, it, it gets run through our commercial indexer. And basically what happens is, is the commercials get indexed, sort of like chapters. And so when it's played back in channels, channels sees that index and the timeline will show it. It'll show uh, dark patches where the, the gaps of commercials are. And there's mul- there's multiple options that you can use for commercial skipping. The the default one is um, as soon as the playhead gets into a commercial break, you'll get a skip commercial button, and you can click that button and you can uh, skip through the commercial. Okay. You can turn that button off and skip through the commercial by double clicking the seek button. Now it'll only seek through it when it's in a commercial break, it won't do it outside of a commercial break because you want to seek, 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 seek while you're in the regular programming. And we don't want it to trigger that jump. So it only happens while you're inside the break. Or you can have automatic commercial skipping turned on where as soon as it enters that commercial break, it'll skip ahead. Um, so you may have seen a lot of that. Um, those are your options that you can use. Um, the commercial indexing, I'm, we're very transparent. It's not 100%. It's algorithmic. Um, that's the way it goes. TiVo has commercial skipping, and they use human beings. That's why they only have commercial mm. skipping for network TV that's primetime, because they're not watching and indexing every other show. It's very easy to do three hours of content a night per channel. Um, they don't do it on TNT or anything like that. Um, that's why it works so well for them. Um, obviously ours is being done with the computer. It's, uh, it's interesting because some channels are better than others. Um, and some shows are better than others. Mm. It's, 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 we, we tweak it here and there every once in a while, but, um, most of people, you've got people that complain about it and you've got people that are like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I don't know if they're watching different channels or what you'll find that a lot of discovery and stuff like that, because they have such like normal blocks of programming, it works a little bit better, but, um, overall it, it, it works. I haven't I hadn't got any complaints about it. It's this is kind of one of those nice things with Sarah. Is she'll tell me, like if things aren't working, she'll tell me, Mike. Which setting do you have it on, Jim? Um. Well, let's see. Hold on. Because I'll, I'll just say while you're looking that up, yeah. what I love about it is now I'm I'm, I'm on the the dark side, the 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 p word uh, group, just because I, I was so ingrained in there. But same sort of options. What we leave on is we go through it where you can just click the skip button or you can watch it. And I do that because sometimes you like a commercial break. 
it's that time yeah. get up, pop a bag of popcorn, get up, use the restroom. Uh, but other times it's just real easy to click that button. Um, you know, cause, or, you know, cause the automatic skipping is similar to in Plex. You can just have Plex re-encode the whole thing afterwards, remove all the commercials. You never even see them. And I don't, you know, I don't do that. Number one, because like you said, it's algorithmic in both situations and you don't know how it's going to skip. Uh, and yeah, the other one is sometimes I like the commercial. Sometimes I don't. And it's easy enough for me to hit one button. I've got the remote in my hand anyway. I can hit one button to skip through. So that's always my preferred is give me the skip button, but also just play through unless I tell you not to. But I yeah, love how you guys changed the the seek, seek, seek button. That is a really cool feature. I wish Plex had that because that's something Plex does not have. Plex is either all or nothing. It's either, it's, hey, let me remove them all or let me mark them for you and give you a skip button. But there's no like if I hit the seek button, it just fast forwards through the commercial. Now I'm off. The seek button's going 30 seconds and I needed a 25. So you guys seem to have implemented a much better commercial skipping feature than Plex has right now. It was tricky. We first shipped with just double click the seek, no seek button on the screen. Um, one of those hidden features that nobody knew about. So we added the button. Um, yeah. We, I, I was not going to do automatic skip for a very long time. Um, I didn't. And then somebody did, somebody else did automatic skip and I don't know who it was. And I was sitting downstairs and I was like, all right, I'm going to do automatic. Skip. <laughs> but when we did it, we put a notification in the top mm. right hand corner. Right. So it doesn't just, so, if you're watching Law and Order and it fades to black and you skip and then it works perfectly and then you're back in Law and Order, that's great, right? You don't need a notification. If your commercial indexing is perfect, but if your commercial indexing isn't perfect, which it's very hard to do, I like we're not Google, right? <laughs> like it's very hard to do this stuff. Um, you can't if if you do have that little mistake. Sometimes it'll skip right like two seconds before too soon, which leads you to believe that it got cut off. If you don't notify somebody, it looks like you don't just you don't even know what happened. But having that little notification in the top corner says automatic skip and then, you know, what's happening. It's kind of nice because if it screws up, you can skip back a little bit. You can fix a little. One of the questions that came up in chat was it was a really good question. It came from Joe. And the, the question he asked was something I had a question to. So um, Joe and I, so I, like I said, I, I've come from Plex. I've been a Plex user for so long. There's my family's ingrained in it. I have external users. So I've, it's hard for me to get out of that ecosystem. But one of the things that we use a lot, and I use this with my kids now, is they, they have their tablets, is parental controls. And so I love that when I set them up with their user account, I say, movies this, TV this, and then their account, they don't even see anything else. Yeah. Is that something channels has, or, or you guys are thinking about doing in the future? So we don't have any plans to do user accounts anytime soon. Um, but in the context of kids, we do a little bit heavier of a, of a first class kid support than Plex does. Okay. Plex, Plex lets you have multiple libraries, right? And if you want a kid's library, you have to create a new library and point it at a folder of kids stuff and make sure all the stuff that's for kids goes into that. And then you can call it kids. And then now you have a kid section, except navigating multiple libraries and Plex is a little bit. Oh, it's awful. It's, it, no, it's, I just, it, I, yeah, it, I just throw everything into movies, fun. everything into TV or yeah, it, it's right. not fun, right? No, it's not so fun. We, we, we don't want to have that. We want to have it more cohesive. And so from the get go, we have always had a kid section. And so Inside your library, you can actually set the visibility of your content, your shows and your movies. 
and you can send them to library, kids, or both. And recently, hidden, which is nice because now you can hide stuff, which is great because you can have a collection of video of movies, but then hide them and they show in the collection, but they don't show in your library, which mm. is great because I have a whole virtual channel that does back-to-back WWF old school WrestleManias. <laughs> and I don't want them in my library because I am never going to ever turn on WrestleMania from 1987. But having it in a live virtual channel, which we can talk about later, is sort of nice. So you can set it to kids or library or both. So for example, like a bunch of Lego movies are in my are set to kids. Obviously, regular movies are set to library, but then I'll have Pixar movies set to both. Now, what this does is this puts all the kids stuff in the both stuff into a kids section. And the kids section is organized a little bit differently than, say, a movie section. It shows recently watched movies at the top, which you would never want because why would I want to get to recently watched movies so fast? I don't watch rewatch movies. I'm not 21, right? Right. Um, but kids rewatch movies all the time. They yeah, watch them back to I back to back yes. to back. And so that's the first row in the kids section, right? They can get to their movies really quick. And then that shows newly recently added. There isn't even a new release because none of that matters for kids. So we're able to present a little bit differently. But the second best part about it is, is that all of that stuff is out of your library. Before the kids section and you have everything mixed in, you go to, com- let's say you want to go watch a comedy, right? The whole, if you have a lot of kids content, the whole comedy genre of movies is just filled with kids. Every kid's co- every kid's movie is in the genre cat. That's yeah. Or is in the no, comedy. That's genre. true. Yep. And so you're trying to pick a comedy and it's like all this stuff that you don't want to see. So it's great because it's not in your library. So it separates them, but it's more, um, it, it's more first class in the app. It's part of it. It's not like a, an afterthought. Now I say this to come to the point that we have a kids section, but we also have this feature called kids only mode. So you can set the tablet into kids only mode. And then instead of just a kids section, it turns the whole app into just a kids library. So all of a sudden the movies and TV tabs are now just stuff that are set to kids to kids library visibility um all the tv channels get filtered to the kids uh uh set of channels all the recording buttons all the management buttons turn off it just turns into this read-only mode with everything that you've set to kids and with our server side settings because you can set every setting that's in channels on the server so that all your clients adopt those settings and then you can override per client so you can go to the kid's tablet, set it to kids only mode. And every time that thing loads up, it's all they're seeing is their stuff. So it's not exactly parental controls, but it's a little bit deeper. It honestly sounds better. I like, think it's better. I, it's, it sounds way better. Like all, <laughs> It's you, more, it's more. You, part you of have me at, do you want to watch again? Cause my kids go in these waves and they watch the same, mm-hmm. not even four. I'll say like two movies, two shows. Yeah. It's blaze. It's Paw Patrol. It's all this stuff over and over and over. And they get confused. I was, I actually, this is a perfect example. I had my three-year-old, he's almost four, home today with me. He was homesick. And so I, I was doing some work. I gave him his tablet. And on Plex, he wants, the, he wants to watch the same three movies. But he has to go through. And now all of a sudden, it's not recently added because more movies have been added. So that mm-hmm. line's gone for him. And he just doesn't know how. And he's too young to be like, I can't, I don't know how to search. I don't know how to spell. And yep. I can't find the Paw Patrol yeah. movie, which came out three months ago and now it's been buried. And, but I want to watch it that. So th- 
this sounds the, better. The, and as long as I can control it by a device, de- by a device you setting, can. right. And that's well, all I need really. Cause well, their so devices I'm, just automatically log into their profile and Plex. And that's how it kind of runs. But if it would just be, Hey, this is the kids section. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I really like that approach. My two boys have their, tap their iPads with channels on them set to kids only mode. So all they see is their stuff. And on our main TVs, we have the kids section and they just go straight to the kids section to find their stuff. They don't even look at anything else. It's their section. It's their whole library. And it takes a little bit of curation, but people that install anything called XX DVR server, (laughs) or, you know, if it's Plex media server or channels, DVR server, they, they're prepared to do that kind of thing. And, we like to think that people enjoy it. You know, it's the curation that's, it's, it's fun. Well, and already so, you know, the Plex side doesn't really work as well because I can set a rating, but what if I want to let the, <laughs> the classic example is Passion of the Christ, a radar movie, but I would let my kids watch, you know, I'd let my teenagers yeah. watch Passion of the Christ, right? It's like, but you can't just audit, allow one, but I could probably curate that in channels. Like this has been the kids section, right? Or both yeah, or whatever. So it seems like that's a more uh, yeah. reasonable approach to it. I, I really like that approach to parental control. It's great. I, it, it, this is a feature that was built by a dad with kids in the house. I mentioned last time I was on here, Channels is the first media center software we ever built. We had our own private one that we built forever. And as my kid got older, I built this out of necessity. It was just easier. for. It was just like, hey, let me classify these movies and let me have a whole separate section. And then, you know, it would be useful just show the last movies that the movies that were played last all at the top so that he can get to them quicker. And then this whole section kind of like built out and basically we just, we just brought that to channels and um, it's, it's super useful. Again, one of those features where people are like, this is stupid. Yeah, that's great. You don't have kids. You can turn the kids section off. If you turn the kids section off, it keep, it merges everything together. When you turn the kids section on, the first thing it does is say, hey, do you want us to try to populate the kids section? And it'll look for genres of your movies and shows that are like set to children and stuff, and it'll set them as kids. And then it's best if you go through them and then kind of correct things. Maybe you add the first three Harry Potter movies because they're not as bad as the other Harry Potter movies, right? Like it's up to you versus you're right. PG-13 movies are tricky. Yeah. Like, a they lot are. of like I'm watching Marvel Cinematic Universe with my nine year old right now. We're going through some stuff. There's a couple things here and there that are tricky, but overall they're not that bad. I mean, Disney knows what they're doing. Like they get rated PG 13, but there's no blood in it. The kids can handle it okay. So if you just have that off, they can't watch it. They need a pen. It's a little trickier. I love it. Well, you might have Mike installing. As soon as I start talking, he's going to be installing channels well, behind the scenes here. <laughs> if you can solve my kid issue and make it better, I will run both. Because like it's it's became. You know how clear. many billions are made every day? Yeah, running well, both. Saying that? Yeah, because because for me, I'm I'm too ingrained for Plex for all my family and friends who use it. They all love the server. For me to even change that over, but if it's like, hey, for your kids and for home life, for my wife, my wife loved channels and so we we did we've run it for a long time and it's currently still running on my unraid server i just haven't converted i didn't put my kids on it because i hadn't really dove into the kids Uh feature yet these features are the kind of things that are like uh, they're the aha moments of like okay 
that solves a major issue for me that literally my three-year-old went through today at my kitchen table that I couldn't help him with. And it was like, I'm on a call. I can't do this search for you. Like it was, it was, yeah. it was a mess. And he would love that frequently watch like that one feature. Like, could be the turning. He has point, ownership right? over it. It's his he does. section. Yeah. And it yeah. gets presented and it's all based on what he watched recently. Like it becomes familiar, just like in your library. Like if, if, if you're using an up next feature and you're like, well, these are the shows that I'm watching. I can just jump right back into it. He doesn't have that. But with the kids section, he does. And they don't even look at the rest. They just go straight to the kids section. And the link out feature is even better because he's jumping mm-hmm. around all the time on his little Amazon tablet between Disney plus Netflix kids, get a little um, portal, all, all, right? Yeah. Get a little portal into all of those. And if he just knew, like you said, Hey, I just go to the channels app and that's where I go. And yeah. I can, I can jump out. That's yeah. These are all the things that make this like, okay. The those are my like favorite features to write. They solve yeah. real problems. And to be honest, a 100, 600, 4,000 person company, it's tough for them to, to, to come up with those things outside of a guy that works there that says, Hey, you know what? It would be, this would help my kid. Whereas I'm the one, it's a lot easier <laughs> for a small company to just be like, you know what? This is a problem yeah. and we're going to just do it. So it's, um, it's, it's, those are my favorite kind of features to kind of to build and solve. And a lot of people end up coming back and saying, Oh my God, this is not even a thing in any other software. And it's like, yeah, it's not. Now, if you can solve the issue of me being on an airplane with no internet connection and still getting my kid's favorite show onto his iPad somehow, you will be my favorite person ever. If you can magically transport We're that data on. onto but, the iPad. You mean not ahead without, of time? Yeah, yeah. Not ahead of time and not without any uh, internet connection. Well, I'll connection. tell you what. I we actually ran into that. Had... I was like, there's Bud for the next two and a half hours. You're stuck. Sorry, I didn't preload that and you can't watch it. I have a Raspberry Pi that I put channels on. I put a channel server on it. And I put a 512 or a 750 gig uh, SD card on it, maybe, and loaded it full of movies. And it's sort of our emergency media thing. And it's oh, neat. It's, a, it, it's got this software on it that will do an, uh, uh, an a, turn it into an access point. So if I plug it in Ethernet, it'll go on my network and I can transfer movies to it. When that Ethernet unplugs, it opens up an access point and your device can connect to it. So in the car or on an or or sometimes if we don't have a good internet connection at a hotel or something like that, pop that thing open and they've got movies to choose from. It's kind of a nice little emergency. Now that that's a project that I'm probably going to end up doing because <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> car trips where all of a sudden the internet on my phone, the hotspot goes out, all of that airplanes, having yeah. a, a mobile server. Uh, that sounds nice. I do like yeah, that. Yeah, that's cool. Michael, check in with it next week. So John, listen to next week's show. Right. Yeah, he'll have that all done. And, and feel free to email me or, or or message me or whatever. I can uh, help you out with all that stuff because um, a lot of our features, you know, check out our docs. We document. We're on a really good flow. We, we have more new things documented than old things because we didn't start writing docs till about two years ago, and now I have a flow where. We write a feature, we beta the feature. When the feature gets close to being done, I document the feature and then I do the marketing on the site and it all sort of bleeds together. Mm-hmm. But it's um, mm-hmm. all the new stuff is really documented and we've got this kind of formula, which is working well, which is great for documentation. Um, but th- a lot of, you know, apps like this, like there's a lot of features that you can miss. You know, you just don't notice they're there because right. it's, it's, you know, you want to make something that isn't cluttered. So you hide stuff, 
But like a lot of people don't know, you can click and hold a movie if you're like uh, in the user interface. If you click a hold a movie or a TV show or an episode, you get a ton of new options. Like you can set, you can add a movie to a collection in the Apple TV app. You can add it, you can set the library of visibility. So if a new movie gets added to your library and you need it to be in the kids section, click and hold it. You'll get the option to add it to, to kids, um, all that stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that's hidden that there, there's nothing we can really do about it. It's So check out the, the documentation. There's a lot of stuff to browse through to see all the tips and tricks. John, before we talk about the the virtual stuff that you've you've mentioned a couple of times, I, I want you to give me some practical advice because I think this is where I get tripped up all the time. So we'll go back here. We talked about the commercial detection just a second ago. I'm running this on a pretty, I mean, a, a pretty beefy box at this point. Core i7, it's got 32 gig of RAM on it. It's not going to struggle. Yeah. It's more better in this case when, when of throwing processor at- at like commercial the, detection? Yeah, commercial detection, yeah. I mean, if you want to give it two threads, it might, it's a little bit faster. Um, it, it depends. Are you struggling? Like, I need my commercials detected faster. No. That's the question no. you ask. Oh, exactly. well, I have to ask Sarah. If she, she had to come to me and say, hey, that commercial detection is not working very well. She hasn't said that yet. So. Yeah. And this really is just a speed about, thing, right? This would be just like, it's not, it's not efficiency. No, no, no. It's not accuracy. It's it's speed. And a computer that fast and with one thread is going to detect commercials in a sixty-minute show in like ninety seconds. That's so. It's it. it I, I, I would say, uh, and here's the here's what's really cool. So the way Channels works is is when you boot it up and you hit the server, it loads everything down. It has the full library on the app, right? It doesn't like make requests every time you open a viewer. Um, it gets the full library. So it has everything. It's one of the reasons everything feels very live in real time. And what happens is after it does that, it connects to the server and keeps the pipe open, right? So anytime something happens on the server, the app gets notified. That's how things get updated in real time. It's really nice. Well, one of the one of the advantages of this, which is sort of funny because we watched it happen accidentally, is if you start watching Law & Order, right when it's done recording, right? And you notice the timeline's blank. It doesn't have any commercials indexed in it because it hasn't indexed the commercials yet. Well, as you watch, when the commercial indexing indexing is done, it it, it updates the, the recording to which then the client always goes, oh, it's been updated. Let me go refresh it. Well, when it does that refresh, boom, all the commercials get popped into the timeline and commercial indexing will just, or commercial skipping will just start. So while you started, without any commercials being indexed by the time you I mean, like I said, it takes one to two minutes by the time you're at your first commercial, it's already in there. And like, it'll automatically commercial skip. Uh, now you do get, if, if you're what, if you're recording three or four things per hour, it will queue up and then you will run into other problems, right? So if three recordings ended at the same time. You've got one, two, three getting queued up. So but that may that still be, you can't watch all three at the same time. So no. you may wait an extra two minutes, right? For those to come up. Would it matter? Uh, Non-rev guy says, is an M1 Max going to detect those commercials even faster? And does it use, take advantage of any GPU cycles? It doesn't take advantage of GPU, but the M1 Max is very fast. Yeah, it's going to be. So. It's going to be. It's going to be. <laughs> yeah. One of the things is I was resetting this up across, you know, as I was moving it from the shield onto windows and then, resetting up the shield, I noticed those sync settings, right? So I was setting up the channels and there was an import where I could import, right? I could say, okay, 
for this device, I want to import the channels because I get a whole bunch of channels over the air that yeah. aren't very good. Like, you uh-huh. know, because I'm I'm on the border of Nebraska and Iowa. And the Iowa PBS, oh, uh-huh. the uh, PBS, yeah, the Iowa PBS stations are terrible from a reception standpoint. They're the exact same as Nebraska, but then the Nebraska ones are better. So I was removing, I was going through from a quality standpoint, and then on the Shield, all I had to say is import those settings from the server, right? And it would update the Shield to match what was coming off the server, uh-huh. and so that was super, super helpful. One, one more question before we go virtual: um, padding on this, right? I, I never know. You, you do this a lot, right? And, I, and I'm assuming at this point, like, you know, I have them set to nothing. Is there a standard on this? Is there something I should be setting it to, to get the best possible user experience based on what you're doing? So a couple of things. First of all, I want to make it clear that that is not, that does, that is the default padding so that every time when you do create a new pass, it like auto fills oh, it I with gotcha. that. Gotcha. That's number one. Okay. Number two, um, sometimes channels like E and Bravo carry over an extra minute and it kind of messes up. So padding at the end is a little bit helpful. Some shows like for me, Saturday night live starts a good 10 seconds every time like clockwork. Every time I have to watch 10 seconds worth of local news before it gets swung over to SNL. I have mine set to 10 seconds. And so like it will, It'll, it'll help me there. It'll be automatic. Mm-hmm. That's number two. Number three, TV everywhere is delayed, right? It's streaming. It's a delay. So it's very helpful to add padding when you're using TV everywhere channels to create passes. So a lot of times you, people will notice that um, the first 30 seconds or 20 seconds will be like the last show and they'll lose the last 20 seconds. So adding that padding will kind of save a little bit because the DVR is going off of the time and OTA is no delay at all, but TV everywhere is a stream and there's a little bit of a delay as the sports fans know that are texting each other, ruining games. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's, that's called arbitrage, right? (laughs) In that setting between, uh, between um, uh, what's actually recording and what's there. So, okay, that's actually really helpful because I've never really known, you know, even as I was setting up Plex in the old days of that, I was like, I kind of waited to hear complaints. Uh, I think we... Tebow did that originally. That was like on Tebow 1.0, they had padding. So I think they figured that out for a couple different reasons right away when they were figuring out their product. And Sarah, when she was setting them up manually, she goes in now and just does, I don't even have to set them up anymore. She goes and set up the passes that she wants, right? Her, her recordings, as we call them. Mm -hmm. Um, She always sets them 30 seconds. That's been her, for her, that is, she covers the bases. Yeah. She would rather skip ahead or she'll even just wait for it. Like she doesn't have to, I'll need to go back. um, Since I've moved it, I haven't asked her how this, the the uh, commercial skip experience has been. So I have to go back and say, hey, now that we've, we're on a different box doing different things with different hardware, are you using that? I'll even have to ask her. I'm 100% live. I had been recording shows and not ever watching them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had four seasons of This Old House that I yeah. just never watched. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not going to set these back up because I'm just never going to watch them. But live TV for me has been, and I, the, 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 the grid guide that you guys have is so great for live TV. Like I just really like 
the grid guide and going through it and, and, and being able to flip it, it gets with the HD home run, it gets the channels really fast. I mean, it's just a great experience. So thanks for, thanks for getting that experience, right? Let's talk a little bit about virtual channels. Let me bring that up. Um, I'm assuming that is uh, fairly new to what we're doing here. Let me bring that up. You can talk about it. This is a feature we've been wanting to do since like 10 years ago. Um, we, and it's not original, right? There's a, there's a lot of other projects out there that will integrate with Cody to do this and integrate with Plex to do this. Um, but it's all plugins and it's all, it's all outside of the apps. The apps don't do it. And it's something we've wanted to do for a really long time. And what virtual channels allows you to do is, is take content from your own library and create live channels for it. Um, for example, I have a Star Wars channel, a Marvel channel. I have, the kids have a Lego channel. They have a Scooby-Doo channel. Um, I have a Law & Order channel that is nothing but Law & Orders. I have a Seinfeld channel that's nothing but Seinfeld. Because I can't tell you how many times I'll go downstairs to have a snack, turn the TV on, see Seinfeld's on, and go to watch it, and it's just commercials mm-hmm. for seven minutes on TBS until my snack is over. And I never even got to watch something. So these live channels aren't about consuming TV as much as their low commitment TV, serendipitous TV. My wife, I I have watched her so many times watch movies on TV with commercials that we have in our library. And I'm like, just watch the commercial free, higher quality version. She's like, I don't want to. And it's something that is on that webpage right there you're showing. Um, that I actually wrote up to put on the webpage. It's something over the last 20 years of doing this that I've noticed. And it's this weird phenomenon of having anything to watch and not being able to pick anything. Now, on a higher level, people have made this joke about Netflix for years, right? What'd you do last night? I scrolled through Netflix, never watched anything, then I went to bed, right? And that is a little, that's a lot of paradox of choice which is very normal in anything we have. Go try to put something on on Apple Music or, or, or Spotify. It's, it's like, I don't know what to pick. I, I liked it when I had 200 albums, not 20 million albums. Um, Paradox of Choice is very much part of that. But what I found is that there's this weird commitment to starting something from scratch that you won't let yourself do. Um, I gave an example earlier about how I have a virtual channel that's nothing but old WWF WrestleManias and SummerSlams, right? I will never in a million years sit down on my couch after my day at 10 and go put on SummerSlam 91. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. I like the idea of two and a half hours of wrestling. Like I'm not going to complete that. So why would I start? But having this live channel where it's already going, I can just turn it on and watch a little old school wrestling, get a little bit of nostalgia in. And it's sort of fun. Um, if you have a bunch of TV shows that you've already watched, like Arrested Development or um, or Seinfeld or Parks and Rec, all these things. If you build a channel, you now have a commercial-free version or of these syndicated TV channels that you can just turn on and watch a little bit and not be committed to it. And um, we feel like it, it's 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 a cool solution. We've wanted to do it forever, and uh, we're super excited to have it built into the app. That all you have to do is go pick a couple things. Boom, you've got a live channel. You can add your own logo to it, make it fun. Um, it's cool. 
I think tonight I'm making it into this old house channel because that See, there you go. That I, I, that's a great idea because again I would I would go into the you know I would record about fifty of these and then yep. I would go to the section where they're all recorded and I'd be like where do I start like I yeah. I it, in this yeah. old house is one well, of those where you're like do, uh, it doesn't do matter come, where you start do I come in the middle do, well. It is displayed that way. It was kind of you know where where I had all the options. I'd be like yeah. four seasons of this I, whole house. Which yeah. one do I want to no. go to? Forty three season, mm-hmm. you know, season forty three, episode five. I don't know, yeah, but yeah. displayed this way, you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna click play. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's it, it's nice. This, yeah, I'm gonna go and to now this. Now you whole can house. strategize like where maybe before you didn't record all those because you knew you weren't gonna watch them, but now mm-hmm. you can build these channels, and so you're like, you know what? I'm going to go set a, uh, uh, mm-hmm. record all reruns of this old house or, um, what's that show where they go to all the, the junk sites and American pickers. I love American pickers, mm-hmm. but I never watch American pickers, yeah. but I love that show. It's always mm-hmm. good. It's full of good stories from those dirty, guys. Dirty jobs is another one of those. Yeah, where yeah. You can come Absolutely. in anytime, right? They're always good. And, and, and there's no mm-hmm. continuity. There's no anything. They're just on. Could and I do it my season cool channels? Can I build a season? Could I so could I take a season of this old house and make it its own channel, so to speak, so they all line up that way? Or is that is there a better way to do that? Yeah, you can just add the you can you can't add it by season, but you, you okay. can add it by show. Okay. Add, all you can do is you can literally just go to the virtual channel section, create a new channel, name it, and then add this old house, and you're done. That's it. You can change the sorts to make them random. You can make them in order. You can add some movies in there. Like I made one called Steph TV, my wife. And I put like 90210, all her classic shows and their Sex in the City, right? Then I threw like Heathers in there and some other movies. And so you never know what's going to come on. So there's just this serendipity inside your live guide that is your stuff. It's it, it's it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, okay. you can use rules for that too. So you can build it. Yeah. Well, that'll have to be, I'll have to give that a try here. That'll be, the, that'll be my homework assignment, create the, a virtual channel and I'll probably do it around because there's a bunch of different, this old house stuff. Uh-huh. And I just, I just love that show and I wouldn't mix it though. I'm not, don't, I can't mix it with those two brother guys that are doing that one <laughs> or those, that couple that got married and then divorced and then, but we're back <laughs> on the show, but now they're not, but they are not that one either. Not uh, no, or that gotta be or that couple in original. Texas that are, are are doing it really really well, and uh, you know, not interested in that. Just this old house, so I have to figure mm-hmm. that out. Mike, are you installing it right now? Are you configuring it? I see your eyes moving around. You're muted again, Mike. You're muted. <laughs> and I keep missing that button. Um, no, I've had it up in my Docker in Unraid for okay. this whole time. Right, that's how I set it up the first time. Yeah. Had it up. Um, so, but now you've got me thinking about how to fully utilize this with the family, even if I need to separate out from Plex. Cause that was always the big thing for me was, do I move over from Plex? Do I not? And running both isn't a bad situation. I run, so we don't have multi-user support, right? And we don't have sharing support. We, we, we have no plans to let you share your server with other people. Right. Right. Like we, we just don't because like, that's not the road we're going down because we know what the P word means now. 
and it means the other p word. And so, like, we're like that's as an attorney. Point. I'm going to tell you, good call, right? Yeah, like, like very good not. call I mean, to avoid all of that. Just, just I mean, stay. We've out of been it, legit yeah. from the beginning. We're a DVR. <laughs> yeah. That being said, if you wanted to host another server in Docker for somebody else, you can completely do that. So you would just set up a whole other thing, set up their account, right, and map it to them because you can only because. Yeah. One account can only have one remote server. It's the way we have it done. It's the way our infrastructure works. It's the way it is. Um, and Docker is the only way to do it with multiple in one house to have out external streaming because you have to use a different external port because right now, at least, you can't change the port it runs on. Okay. But you can in Docker. Yep. Right? You can. So you do it in Docker and then you let us know and we change your external port for that for that account and then now you can host multiple servers from there then you just point it at all the same library and there and you're done yeah you know what i mean and our server takes like no resources at all it is not even close to like like if you like scaled up to like five you you wouldn't even notice it and and i think that could be a good solution i mean or even just like because all my external users the, the hardest part with external users is getting all the text messages and the emails like why is this not working my app's not working that's all because stuff. you've built a support infrastructure that you have <laughs> yeah to well and you know what i i did that for the first like year with plex and now they're all good like they all understand or they all talk amongst themselves i have them all in this text thread and they're like, well, oh my god, like, oh no, Mike the already told us. Thread. Mike already told us like what to do, right? Like this, this is the setting you need to do point. for transcoding, <laughs> and and so they're already used to that. And but like for my family, Ooh. like you really got me with the kid thing. Like that is, it's a real issue. It's a real thing I struggle with. Plex, uh, I thought had a good solution, and then you told me your solution. I'm like that sounds way better. So, uh, yeah, so you've got me thinking about switching over at least our internal family over to it because. Or, or even adding it just for the You kids. can do both. Yeah, do both. Like there's like on my Unraid box, it has more than enough resources to run Plex and channels. Like there's sure, no sure. reason. Just like yeah. they're both Dockers. Just just run them both. Have Mike, them it just becomes another service, basically. Yeah, like it really Netflix. does. I mean, yeah. really, when you think of it that way, it's just Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever. There's a it's, big enough sell here just, yeah. to, just to keep it running for the kids. Right. Like that, yeah. that alone is a big enough sell. Like, yes, worth it. Let's do it. John, let's do a little bit of a lightning round because we're going to run out of time if we spend uh, this much on all the other ones. And there's not too many left, but I, I do want to uh, I've pulled up the 5.0.1 release uh, kind of notes for what's coming up. You've got an on later, you know, find things uh, to record by browsing upcoming shows. I would have thought that would have been there, but that's new. So I'll, I'll try to do this fast, but this is a feature. I literally, when I merged the pull request on this, on our GitHub repo, it was like a three-year-old pull request, meaning that the code started three years ago. Mm. So years ago, what happened was, is we, we, we started on this thing to like, let you browse your guide without your guide, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, let's show cool things like new shows or season premieres. And ways to browse your guide, like think fall, like right now, right? You can go in and see all their shows and browse movies by drawings, blah, blah, blah. So years ago, we did that. And then uh, and then th we sort of started losing, not we didn't start losing prime customers. We just started leaning more towards OTA. Well, when we had only OTA, it was not a lot of content to even have to, you didn't need a way to browse 
your uh, available things to record. It was just too light of a of a, a guide. Um, so fast forward to now, and you've most of our customers are using TV everywhere. They've got a lot of channels and they have a lot of options to record. And so on later has been on the web admin for years, just sitting there, not really doing anything. It just wasn't in the client. So this year, I basically two different times this year just dove in and was like, let's make this good. Let me do this. And I I I made this huge query system so that it can, you know, pull stuff out. And the big solution was, was the big question was, how do we make this not just be a bunch of garbage? Right. Like it's going to just going to be a bunch of trash because it's not relevant to you. So what I came up with was this idea to add this kind of way to fine tune it with settings where you can go in and you can set your preferred channels, set your preferred sport leagues, set your preferred sports. So MLB versus baseball, set your preferred movie genres and TV show genres. Well, once you do that, I use that to kind of boost the results and surface things that you'll like more. So by default, it just shows you like a bunch of stuff that might be interesting, especially for new shows and stuff like that. But if you go fine tune it and add it, it'll kind of surface things to the top that you might care about more, especially if you care about weird things, right? Like maybe you like skateboarding and you never know when skateboarding is ever going to be on. Well, mm-hmm. now you can set that as a sport and browse it. And so on later gives mm-hmm. you this kind of view into your guide that lets you just kind of browse things to record. Um, you know, for the longest time we were, people were scrolling through the guide and they would complain about being able to get back. And we're like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just search? Well, at once on later was on our client, we started to realize they're like, because they don't know what they're searching for. It's easy when somebody tells you to go watch a show and you search for it, you set a pass. But when you're not using a lot of streaming and you're only DVRing, you're looking for stuff to watch. And so once we had on later on the app, it felt so great because you went from, oh, hey, look, this movie is on to, oh, my gosh, look how many movies I can record. I'm going to click, 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 click. So it just brings all this hidden stuff that's in the guide data to a browsable interface. Okay, I got to ask you this question because it's. You alluded to this at the very beginning of the show, and it kind of blew past me. But as I was looking at this page, uh, and you've got, you know, on the top of that page, this is uh, getchannels.com slash releases. Uh, You you mentioned, you know, Apple TV is kind of what comes out first, right? Yeah. And then I think the iPhone and iPad will, will probably, right, as a client there. And then Android TV. Now, I'm on, I'm using an NVIDIA Shield. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm using Android TV, by the way, no complaints from, from the missus. Like she loves the experience, but John, should I buy an Apple TV? Like as, <laughs> as if I'm going to be a channels user and yeah. we're, we're if you're going to invest, if you're going all in, right. Should and you I, don't really have any ties. The question about getting an Apple TV comes to how many TVs do you have to put an Apple TV on? <laughs> because boy, does that price scale. Yeah. Right. Like if you've got four TVs and you're like me, where you're not okay with every TV being a different remote control and user interface and experience, and you want it to be normalized, which in my opinion, if you don't, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. If you want to go Apple TV 
it's 180 bucks retail per right. TV. It's right. a lot. Right. It's a lot. I paid 179 for that shield, just to be clear. And, right? and that's true. That's true. And and the shield and the Apple TV are up there in terms of, yeah. in my opinion, the only ones to use because everything else is like either laggy or weird. And the shield's like doing its best to fight off the Google TV stuff. Whereas everything else is like just full on ads yeah, and the yeah. fire stick to me, which is for 35 bucks for a 4k, especially like the new one. That's really fast. It's a great device, but boy, do you pay for it? Like the interface is not as good. It is. It's, it's not a fire. It's not a TV streaming device as much as it is an Amazon prime streaming TV device that has apps in it. And so you have to sift through all that. And there's a lot of ads and then 35 bucks because you're, you know, you pay for it on the back end um, where the Apple TV has none of that and it's fast and it does a really great job. And I'll tell you what, now that our Android app is caught up to the Apple TV app and it's got all the features of like that, I've been using it here more just to make sure that I'm using it more, right? Cause I wasn't using it as much. And I'll tell you one thing that I can't stand versus the Apple TV. No 4K menus. Mm. It's a 1080p UI. The only streaming device out there that has a 4K UI is the Apple TV. And when I go to this NVIDIA and I look at our interface, which is practically the same, I see those posters, I see that text, and it all looks blurry on an 85-inch 4K TV. When I go, and then it's it's even more dramatic when I go back to the Apple TV and I'm like, whoa, there you go. And so for me, it's a more pleasurable experience. Everything looks crisper and better. Um, I I like the Apple TV. And you're going to get our features first. But if you've got four TVs or more, it's going to cost a lot. Mike? That's, that stinks. Yeah, no, it's great advice, John. I do I do appreciate you me thinking about it. Mike, what, what do you think? Well, for, for me, I've been a, a Shield guy on my two indoor TVs. Uh, which hilarious. I have not upgraded to 4k except for, I just upgraded to 4k on my outdoor TV. Uh, the outdoor. This, it was the summer. most recent one to be replaced. The most, <laughs> yeah, the most recent one to be replaced. It, it, it lasted a good seven to eight years actually outdoors. Um, and so, but on that TV, I'm actually running into issues where I didn't go with high end and some of the 4k HDR content looks really dark and all this jabber. But for me, for a for a box, I'm actually been considering upgrading the Apple TV. It's been something every time I go over to my parents, and I think you nailed it, which is the menus. Like as you're scrolling around and just the the reaction time. And when I use my remote at my dad's house, I'm like man, this thing is responsive and it just it's responds. Nice. It's great. Um, the shields have been amazing. I do love the shields. The built-in Fire TV on the outdoor 4K TV is needed to go. Like that is, that is not, I don't know what they're doing to these TVs. I've got a very expensive 85 inch Sony TV downstairs, which will soon be replaced with an LG OLED because I, when I, when I, when we moved in the decision, it was between the 77 inch or the OLED or the 85 inch Sony. And I was like, I want size Mm -hmm. right in the basement theater kind of area. Mm -hmm. And, um, Oh, it's not nearly as good. But my point is, is it has Android built in, right? Well, Great. No, it's a very expensive TV with such low specs for the Android part. It's a disaster. And that's, and that's what I've been one of the too. most expensive ones they have. Yeah. Well, and even so, so here's a fun trick for if, if you guys, 
made the mistake I did. I went to Best Buy. I bought, uh, I think it's Insignia, right? Is is the brand that Best Buy sells. Um, bought a 4K TV. It was outdoors. So I'm like, you know, I kind of want it cheaper because sure. if it goes bad, it goes bad. Um, Insignia on those TVs actually has an issue with 4K HDR. It's all dark. You can't, when you load up their native apps in Netflix, <laughs> in YouTube TV, whatever it is, their 4K is dark. Um, and I have gone through the Insignia and I read online these posts. You're going to have to go through about five hours of Insignia phone support before they will send out a tech no. from Best Buy because Best Buy owns Insignia. Yeah. Um, they'll send out a geek squad. They will come out. They'll say, yep, it's dark. And they'll give you an LG replacement. And the LG replacement is actually really good. So you pay really cheap for the Insignia. You have them. Now, this is how much is your time? (laughs) Oh, seriously. And it's been a pain in my royal behind. Um, But I have gone through this all. And so now I have this tech coming out and he's going to hopefully replace us with an LG. uh, Like you said, because LG makes some pretty good products. But, you know, the first thing I'm going to do, put an Apple TV on it or a shield. Actually, I've been going back and forth because the shields, you phrased it pretty well fends off the google ads pretty well i don't get they've, too they've, many they've been fighting it is like uh but, but at the it, same time okay. i run into a lot of user issues with the shield recently that i'm like why is this an issue um and you know i i, I set up a lot of tech for the different executives in my company and they all go out of the apple tv route and surprise surprise i never hear from them the only thing i hear from them is on wi-fi like hey what's my wi-fi password again but they never <laughs> ask why is my tv freezing they have sonos issues they have wi-fi issues apple tv never fails for them so there there must be something to it they're doing pretty well worth the price and with the price being pretty similar uh apple tv oh, might with be the, the shield, way to go for sure I, I i if you don't there's there's people that have a shield they're like well i need to pass through atmos on my you know, my MKVs, I uh, like to emulate things with emulators. Like there's all these things that a shield can do. If, if you want to real, if you use the whole like horizontal scale, the shield, it can do a lot, a lot more than an Apple TV for sure. True. True. But if you're watching movies and you just want a good experience, like it's the same. It's yeah. or the Apple TV is better for, especially if the price is the same. And the integration to, if you just want to rent a movie from Apple is pretty convenient and nice and at a great quality, which is uh, what I've come to realize as a data hoarder, that's all anybody ever needs to do. (laughs) My friend once said a couple years ago, I would have to rent a movie, watch a movie five times by renting it to like justify the cost of buying it. And I'll never watch a movie that many times outside of 10. And it's sort of funny. It's like, no, yeah. it's, it's very funny. We have a whole bunch of DVD, you know, physical copies and we yeah. still buy them. Although the pandemic slowed that down because not as many great movies were coming out, but my wife will buy one. She's like, no, I want to have it. Oh, oh, okay. And, um, well, so yeah. well, what's the, the shield real quick. I just want to mention the shield yeah. remote though, is the best remote on the market. It's easy. Hands, hands down. It's yes. E- no, the tr- the triangle one, of course. Like, this is the best. T- this is the best remote on the market. What's that one? It's the Logitech? Harmony Companion. Okay, well, it's got draw- a nice that, okay, that's shape a third- that your hand it can fit in your hand. It's amazing. Third, third okay, it that's a third party remote, buttons. right? It doesn't come with any device. No, it doesn't, and you got to use a hub, which is a right. nightmare if you okay. want it for one. So device. like a like if we're talking like the the remote that comes in like the Apple TV remote. Have you have you held the new is the Apple, TV, w- remote? Apple TV remote is the worst remote. Have you done it, this one? Yes, awful. 
My, oh, like compared to that triangle Toblerone? That thing gets lost in every cushion and blanket. Yeah, because it's all slick. Every, right. That's why this doesn't, because it's like gritty. I know. Well, the triangle's even, right here. triangle's even better. And it won't fall. I can do the same thing, and the triangle has motion why lights have, that light up. Why have to separate it, you two? And, <laughs> the, the, and that remote, it beeps. I can go into my app and say, where's my remote? And it beeps. That's the best yep. feature ever. That's right, what this like, one should do. It's Bluetooth. It, it should be able to do it. Well, and yeah, and Apple, Apple doesn't find, make anything find my remote. It's like why? off of things. I know. <laughs> and then, so it's, like, it's a disaster. Find my remote, right? Why oh. is find my not on the remote? And I then agree. number two, the try. But I don't, I don't know. know about the Toblerone. It's not. I that love good. it. I I I love it. It was so much that all of the uh, Nvidia shows it I had before the didn't have it. And I upgraded. It's got the buttons where it should be. You might and be I right can, on that one. I have not we, done any third party remotes. I'm talking just remotes that come with yeah, the device. What do I use? Yep. And I think what's the, neat about this is, is uh, we have a lot of cool hacks that you can do with remote controls. We, uh, we could actually respond to the colored buttons. Uh, if oh, you're using cool. CEC, if you're using your TV remote, those will get passed through to the Apple TV and yeah. we, we can get them. And so we do stuff with them. So we let people do shortcuts to like, the library or the kids section and we can do all kinds of stuff. You can turn captions on and off. Um, uh, it's really cool. And with, with um, the harmony, you can do this hack where you, cause the way harmony works is it has activities, right. And you combine devices. Well, it does this weird thing where you can just, even though it's set to connect to the Apple TV via Bluetooth, you can just add a com- windows PC as a, as a device in the activity and it will just send those keyboard commands over Bluetooth. And so all of a sudden you can get all your numbers, your channel up, your channel down, your record button. You can get all those things working inside of channels, which I think has to be the big best remote support on any streaming device. App oh, well, exists. and that's huge. And for, and for guys like us, that's amazing. Right. But yeah. 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 We're, we're, exactly. Right? And so if we're willing to put in the time, Exactly. My my boss, who I set up all his tech, brought me over. He brought uh, a Harmony remote, and from the learning curve for me was even high. So I just want like if Apple could have the 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 features of the Nvidia Shield remote in form factor, we can go form factor of the Logitech, right? Take the Logitech form factor, do Nvidia Shield, find my remote, some of the shake to light up, uh, some of the shape where it doesn't slide between all the cushions in your sofa. We just we need to we need to make the remote game a little bit better. That's my only complaint with the whole industry. If we could just all get a remote, that's good. <laughs> all I want is for these device companies to make a meta button on their remotes, mm, an info you. button, yes, please. so that when you're focused on a movie or a show, you can hit info and you get contextual actions. <laughs> yes. Right? I talked about earlier without how pausing you it, click and hold. If you click and hold a movie in the library, you get all these cool actions that you can do, but you have to know that. And you don't, I remember a long, long time ago, and I don't know if you ever carried a Blackberry, but Blackberry had a button that did that. And you would scroll and everything was focused on the Blackberry. It was great. So everything would get highlighted. And whenever you were on something, you could click a button and it would give you actions like send the email or delete it or blah, blah, blah. You didn't have to like click and hold. It was a dedicated button that you knew if you knew how to use the device, that if I hit this button, it will give me options for this item. And a streaming device could go, it would be very helped very much, especially agree. developers would like that if you could do that. Consumers. I'm a consumer. I'm not a developer and I would love that. Sounds great. <laughs> 
John, anything else? Uh, we're, we're, we're running low on, it's a podcast. So we can go as long as we want, but any, anything, <laughs> you know, it's as long as people will listen. So anything else I missed in the, uh, by the way, so just to your question, you almost had me convinced on the Apple TV and then we started talking remotes and I started thinking, you know, the NVIDIA shield is working. Like I'm going to wait until it, it doesn't look. work to replace it. My you know? buddy's in the middle of this long, terrible thing of his washing machine that's six months old being broken and the guy yeah. came and fixed it and he made it yeah. worse and they got to get another one. And we made the joke about how like, I'm just not replacing anything anymore because if it's working, like, because I you know. don't know what's going to happen, no. yeah. especially yep. these days. Like my wife was like, you know, she keeps complaining about our fridge and we should get a new fridge. And I'm like, eh. A new right. one could come in and have a million different other problems, especially right, right now because they could barely make them. Um, so yeah. yeah, if it's working yeah. for you, you can yeah. always buy it, set it up side by side. But also, that takes a lot of time. And it does. It does. Because yeah. the thought was, I'd go Apple TV out there and bring. We just have one TV, so bring the Shield back here for me to use. But then I just mm-hmm. watch things on here. So on my computer, I mean, I just watch TV on my computer and throw it up on the ultra wide, whatever. So. Um, so I think that's what I'm doing for now. I did for a second there. I almost had that Apple TV ordered, <laughs> but well, I'll tell you I'll what, when they introduced the new 4k Apple TV, yeah, it was almost a good point to say, well, I'll get that old Apple TV yeah. for, and then it didn't oh, get priced and the HD yeah. one stayed the same price. They're selling a six year old eight 1080p Apple TV for $149 and yeah. it's embarrassing. Yeah. Because that's what I would go. Tough. I don't have a 4K TV, so I would, I would. It's I would. better to go that way, anyways. Yeah. The yeah, regular yeah. HD one, a you just shouldn't spend. It's like buying an Apple Watch three. Yeah. Like it's so out of date. Yeah. Like the original. It's funny. The people, our customers that have the original Apple TV, they use Wi-Fi instead of uh, Ethernet mm. because the Ethernet's 100 megabit and the Wi-Fi's AC. <laughs> yeah. I learned that at my own house one day. I yeah. had an Ethernet, and then I put it on Wi-Fi, and all of a sudden, everything was seeking so much faster in channels. Mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, because it was at 280 yeah. megabits a second instead yeah. of – You just you doubled know. your speed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. John, anything else we missed? Uh, we shipped Siri shortcuts. It's something I kind of built the mm. last couple of days before we shipped, um, mostly because I was using my iPad a lot, and I sort of – I don't know if you guys use iOS, but it's got this really great feature where – It'll suggest things for you, and it's got it's getting pretty good. Um, I'll just go to the search, and um, it'll suggest apps, and I'm like, I do want the Starbucks app. <laughs> um, it it does a good job at knowing what you're doing and and suggesting it. And I kind of was watching a lot of stuff in bed, and kind of wished it had been doing that. So I went and added it finally. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's so um, funny and how you come of, up with ad requests. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I just wanted it. <laughs> I mean, we. We, we've heard people that. say that on the forums. They're like, yeah. well, I guess if the developers don't do it, it's right. like, well, kind of. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. Um, so I added a, 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 sh- a ton of sheer Siri shortcut uh, uh, support. So you are able to um, now you can open a section in the app. You can open a show. You can open a show and watch the most recent uh, or the most uh, the uh, the next unwatched episode. You could shuffle the show. When it opens, you can open a collection and shuffle its contents and watch it. You can um, open a channel and watch it. Um, there's a ton of stuff. But what's neat is, is not only can you do that on the device, you know, like most iOS apps, 
you can do these actions for channels on the Apple TV and Shield and other mm -hmm. devices. So um, people might be familiar with the fact that if you're on a mobile device and you go to watch a channel or a TV show, it'll if it sees other channels, apps on the network, it'll say, where do you want to watch it? Do you want to watch it on this iPhone mm -hmm. or do you want to watch it in the family room? And then you can choose family room and it'll start playing. Well, I built on top of that with these Siri actions so that you can now add these actions to your own Siri shortcut to turn on your TV, whatever home automation stuff you have. And then it'll even, um, and Siri shortcuts have this neat thing, at least for the Apple TV, because if the app's not running, it won't work. Apple TV apps don't run in the background. But Apple uh, has um, opened this app on this Apple TV Siri action for your shortcuts. Mm. So it'll it'll open it for you, which is really helpful. Uh, Android and Fire TV, if the app's dismissed, it's still running in the background. And that server that it communicates with, okay. it, it'll still work and it'll show. Um, so, yeah, you can build these actions that will, um, you know, if you get up every morning and make coffee and watch the first 15 minutes of the Today Show, you can create something and have Siri just open it up for you. Turn your TV on and um, start playing the, the most recent episode of, uh, you know, recording of the Today Show. It's really cool happening nice. on the other devices. Yeah. I need to think of that more because I, I don't, you know, I've we just have the little five-inch Amazon device uh -huh. in, the, in the kitchen. And it'll do those kinds of things. But it takes a while for it to do it. Uh -huh. You know, and I've had, I've, I've monkeyed with having TVs in the kitchen before, but I actually have an open one that I could put in there. Hmm. <laughs> all right. You got me, you got me thinking on all these. I don't, I don't generally watch a lot of TV, but this is the time of the year that I do. And uh -huh. so it might, might, might be good to kind of think through those things. John, thanks for, thanks for taking your evening with us. Always appreciate you having, having you out. Uh, some super exciting things coming up with channels. Anything forward-facing that you want to promote? You don't have to give away any secrets. We're not asking for those. But anything um, coming up that you that you can or want to promote? You mentioned the guide earlier, how you said it's really useful yeah. and stuff like that. Well, Love over the, the last uh, day or so, um, I pushed out to beta. Uh, you can see on our community, they're talking about it. Um, I added some progress indicators to the UI everywhere for live TV stuff. So the on now, the guide and the quick guide that you can get. Now, this is only on the Apple TV right now. Like I said, that's where the features are built first. Um, it'll show status indicators of how much of the show is completed. So it gives you a little bit more information and trying really hard to do it in a way to communicate how much of a show is, or, a, or even more important, a game has completed without adding a lot of visual clutter. So that's one thing um, I've done um, the other thing is, is, and everybody should look out for this. I don't, if, if, if they're interested, um, I'm going to try to reach out to the community soon. Um, I think over the next few months, I, I, I really want to dive into a sports section to channels. I think that sports fans are really underserved and we've had a couple of comments here and they're saying X should work like this. And it's clear that they were coming from a sports connotation mm. or context. And I'm like, that is a, that's not a good idea. And then it clicked. I'm like, Oh, that's a really great idea for sports, but it doesn't really translate to regular TV. And it's something that's been sort of on my mind. And I think I want to start working on it soon to just serve sports fans a little bit better, because as of now you record sporting events and it sort of 
get stuck in this user interface that's been designed for episodic and seasonal based TV, where I think we we could probably do a better job. And I'm a sports fan. It's really helpful because like I watch enough sports to not get us in trouble. Right. And not forget about (laughs) sports fans. But I think that there's people out there that the only thing they have on their DVRs is sports. And I've heard rumblings that people are like, I don't, I have all these old games. And to me, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Why would you have old games? Um, and, and, and I don't know how people You're not a Huskers fan, obviously, cause we, we live <laughs> off classics. old games. We're in the nineties. Yeah. We still live in the nineties. So if don't, don't get rid of those. But I mean, I guess people, rec- sports fans record like a lot of sports, but like my questions are, how do they watch them without getting spoiled? Like, mm-hmm. like, how do you catch up? You can, you can not watch Ted Lasso for three months. It's fine. <laughs> But you can't not watch the World Series game two for three days. It seems kind of weird. So I'm going to be reaching out to them, the community um, in a you know the next couple of months to just try to figure out like what would help them because I think a, a dedicated sports section, just like the kids section, uh, would be something that's pretty interesting. And um, it sounds like it'd be fun. And really, again, another one of those features that somebody's going to be like, I don't care, and somebody would care. And like the kids section where once you turn it on, it pulls all that stuff out of the regular library and puts it in the kids. We would do the same thing with sports. If you're light on sports, you don't turn it on and it's in your library and you watch just the one football game a week. Or if you're heavy into sports, boom, here's a whole section. What's on tonight? What's on right now? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But I I think it could be helpful. I like it. I like your listening. That's, I think that's every time we talk to you, I just, I, that's what I hear. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're listening to requests that are going on in the forums. Bill in the chat room asked this question. Once virtual channels are set up, how do you watch it? They're in your guide. It's through the guide. They're, they're just in your guide. Now there's two things here. One, if, if you don't use uh, channel collections, which I'll explain in a second, if people aren't familiar, uh, they'll just be in your guide. So they'll, there'll be like a really low number at the very bottom of your guide. If you want inside your client, you can mark them as a favorite and pull them into your favorites and then you can get to them quick. Um, But the best way to really do it and the best way, especially if you have multiple TVs is to really dig into channel collections, which allow you to just build sets of channels, right? Mm. So you can have your, if you set your favorites, you just, you pick all your favorites on the server. And then you can do just maybe movie channels or just sports channels. And then you set those using server-side settings or feature, and they go to every client. So there's no they, they sync down. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You just manage it on the server, and it goes to the client. And again, a client can have separate uh, channel collections as well because it works just like server-side settings. Mm-hmm. Now, then that's when you can put those virtual channels and you can really mix them up. So maybe you've got a couple of movie channels like Hallmark movies or Turner classic movies, then you could put your own movie channel in there and you could really start curating um, the way all that stuff works. I like it. I like it. A lot of options or what I like about channels is there's, you can do all this or I set it up in 25 minutes on a Sunday. <laughs> and, afternoon, do any of it. and it works like it works. The hardest part for me was getting the right, over the air channels set like because I had to go through each channel and be like, okay, which ones are good and which ones aren't. Yeah. And and that was just a there's no way to make that easy. I just need well, to, we don't like you show know. you details, right? You're right. gonna have to watch them to find yeah. Them. Yeah. And yeah. and even 
you know, even I think uh, in the HD Home Run app, it gives you a signal indicator. We do that now, too. Okay, good. It's a little tricky because it's not always accurate either. We've got stats for nerds like other things have, you know. And so if you're watching a channel, um, just recently we added so that it'll show your signal on it. So it's nice. You can also do it externally. What and figure that out and then just go hide the channels directly right. in and that's what server. i did i went yeah. in well i went in and watched every channel like okay is this what i want and then i don't need like i don't need both iowa and nebraska pbs channels they're the mm-hmm. same yeah. they're playing the same things right i really yeah. don't need both so i don't need those going out and pulling channels that it's not going to like i didn't want sarah trying to record from a channel that didn't have good quality exactly. so i checked all the channels for quality that honestly took me, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour just to work through it, get a list of channels that were good, and then push that everywhere. Like, okay, this is, hey, clients, if you're going to use this, which is really our clients are just my phone, you know, just to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, if, and I don't do, I don't, I just did it because I could, you know, type deal. I don't end up watching a lot of TV on my phone. We don't do it remote. We got one TV. It's really all about Sarah. I'm a YouTube guy. <laughs> But, and then during football season, I'm watching a lot on, uh, I mean, I'm watching a lot on channels. So it becomes important. This is what kind of, uh, for me, this is what got me interested again. Like, oh yeah. Oh, you know, okay. If I'm setting this up to watch football, I should probably, this is the time to move it from the NVIDIA shield and put it on a, put it on a PC. Okay. So, you know, you start making one decision after the other. And I kind of like, I'm kind of, I kind of like where I have it now. It's got plenty of power. It's got plenty of RAM. It's got yeah. plenty of hard drive you space. You got it always on computer, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Drop it on and it, there. It doesn't take up very many resources on it, even when it's recording. It's not like when I see it recording that thing. I actually keep John the dashboard. You know, the that's got the utilization. I keep that in a browser window that's just open on a on a monitor off to the side, just so at any point in time I could look. I wonder what's going on on channels. Yeah, you know, just look what's what's being utilized. So it doesn't. It, it's like disk I/O. It's not a lot. Yeah, no, it's not a lot. Even it's when it's just recording, RAM it, yeah. it, it it doesn't it doesn't really do a lot. It'll it'll peg the CPU a little bit when it com- indexes commercials, mm-hmm. but after that, like not a lot happens. Especially if you're 100 percent original quality, right? Right, and not transcoding. Right. It's just moving bits around. It's really it's really nice, which really allows us to be on lots of different hardware, d- different types of hardware. Yeah. No, it's, it's worked great. It's one of those, for me, it's again, one of those things where I'm like really glad I made this change, especially when it came to moving and I don't have a gigantic library. So that's another thing. But if I did, I could go into the interface, point that there's a spot like, Hey, add an additional, you know, location, put it in there. It would just start pulling that stuff in for me. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So super cool. Yep. All right. Anything else, John, that we, well, I think we're going to let you go or I'm going to close things up, but you don't need to stay around for that. Anything else uh, before? No, I'm all go? good, Mike. If you want to, if you want to work on if, if you want to import your stuff into <laughs> channels, um, let me know. Already working if, on it as we're talking. Don't worry right. about it. I'm already well, over you, here in you non-raid. Can, you can message me tonight if you want, if you have any questions about things. Um, there's a there's a feature to uh, fix uh, incorrect matches and things like that when it's importing and picking your stuff. Um, so just let me know. There there's a there's a cool menu uh, under the web admin called under DVR and manage, which is sort of like a bulk editor. Um, um, I'm, I'm ready to do another pass on it, but it's sort of kind of your go to to list all your most recent uh, added 
recordings and uh, videos and movies. So if you need to do any sort of curation or something like that, you can kind of hit it. Um, and you can bulk update. You can bulk, okay. bulk edit things. Um, so that's helpful. Um, but yeah, let me know if you need any help. Awesome stuff. Awesome we'll stuff. Do. John, thanks for taking two hours out of your time. No, I appreciate it. We won't keep you any longer. It's and enjoyable. Uh, and, I, and, and for folks who may be new to this, getchannels.com. Head out there. Everything you need to know. Uh, I think I'm on the $8 plan. Are there other plans besides the eight or is it pretty? There's pretty a $80 a year plan and an $8 okay. a month plan. So basically okay. you get two months knocked off if you sign up. For I the should, year. I should just change over. To the you year. just, yeah, you just do that. <laughs> I need to just get that done. I just <laughs> right, need to we do just it. updated our site too. Like we, you know, we've been balancing between, we, you know, originally we had just the live TV app, which we recently renamed to channels for HD home run because that's all it does. It doesn't mm -hmm. do all this other stuff. So we're trying to make sure people know that that's what that's for, which is a great value. It's 25 bucks. If you only want live TV with a rewind buffer, it's great. You just maybe oh. just want to watch Sunday night football yeah. or uh, the Oscars, you know, through your antenna on your streaming box. Yeah. Um, anyways, the website's been a little bit more redesigned to be full on our DVR system and subscription based product. Cool. And um, we're really happy. I think it, it, it's, it, it communicates a little bit better where before we were sort of wishy-washy where it can do this if you subscribe. So now we just assume like it only, this is it. This is just yeah. a subscription. Well, so. if, if I didn't, if my wife wasn't recording, I'd be your live TV. Perfect. Like, cause that's, that's all I do. I don't really yeah. even go back. Well, I mean, when we, that's what we first had. And we were like, this is, a, this is amazing. This is solves the, the Grammys problem, the Oscar problem, yeah. the Sunday night football problem that like people don't have any way to watch live TV. They just have Netflix and a streaming box. And then now they can watch that stuff. Yeah. And then of course it evolved. Yeah, no, super great. We'll let you go. Have a great evening, John. Thanks for coming on and appreciate it. Uh, always appreciate your time. Thanks for coming out. See Thank you, John. You. All right. Hi, take guys. care. You bet. Um, couple reminders on our way out just for folks. If you want to support the show, you can always do that through the average guy.tv slash Patreon. A big thanks to Christian and those our friends over at Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and trust. Of course, you can get plans that start, I mean, in this age of inflation, Mike, Christian's plan, still 10 bucks. Like. It's Still Fantastic. ten bucks. <laughs> I'm still paying ten bucks. It's still I still pay bucks. for it. It's great. And so it. you can you can head out there. Actually, and... I think I'm doing fifteen because I pay for the email as well. So yeah, yeah, I'm doing yeah website well, and email. That's still, still fifteen. A fantastic price. Still fifteen dollars. Uh, Bill it. and non rev guy. If good seeing you this week. If you want to join us on a regular basis, we are live every Thursday, eight p.m. Central, nine Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv/live. And uh, we got some more guests coming up. You're going to want to be here. I just booked Samantha, my daughter, for the Thanksgiving show. You're off, by the way, Mike. So you're off that night. Yep. Friday night instead of Thursday, because Thursday's Thanksgiving here in the United States. Friday night, we'll catch up with Sammy. Uh, she's, got, she's been getting a lot of work done. So we're going to catch up with her a little bit. What's going on with the vlogging? She's been using the camera. Kind of a catch up to some of those things oh, that we talked about I miss that yeah sorry man you can listen you yeah. can listen to the record i'll record tell you what i'll record it for you thank you how, how does that thank sound you. I'll be a, good thing this is recorded i'll be able to listen to it <laughs> well allegedly allegedly it's recorded allegedly. um if you want to get me an email, high quality show notes too so well world class is world what class I, yeah, allegedly world class show notes. allegedly, allegedly. Is what I heard. until someone <laughs> emailed me and said what does world class really mean well, Everything that's just, you need is down there. So. I actually came up with that when Andrew uh, Andrew Morris started doing the show notes for me. I came up with it as a way to compliment him for the way he did his show notes because 
I, I don't care about show notes just to be honest. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't really care, but Andrew was doing them for me. And so I started saying world-class show notes for him and it just kind of stuck. So if you want to send me, if you want to send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv, get in our discord group. If you want to do that, the average guy.tv slash discord, we'll get you there. Leave us a message. If you got a comment, a question, whatever you want us to cover something, head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. There's a little button over there that you can leave a voicemail on. You can subscribe from there too. It's a, it's kind of an everything. It's, it's a, a one-stop shop, so to speak. You can head out to theaverageguy.tv and get that done as well. So lots of great things going on there. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv forward slash live. And uh, if you're listening live, stay around for the post show. I have to record a bumper for the show. So you'll get to hear me record the bumper because it's super important. With that, we'll say goodbye.